get that for a good price because it's going to take a lot of sweat equity and uh, time and effort to make it look like what's on the right. It says in our Bibles that though the outer man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed day by day. These outer bodies that we have seen that are just jars of clay um, are wearing down. And what we can't see often in us or in others is what's happening inside. But God is most concerned about what's happening inside of us. And what is happening inside of every Christian, as we're seeing the glory of God, we're being changed. And there's a renewal that's happening We'll see about that uh, today. For those of you men who love cars, okay, we have a car show here. Uh, there may be a car that has weeds growing up through it. It sits in the back of someone's yard, and it's got poison ivy growing on it. And it looks like the car there on the left. And um, you're anticipating uh, how much time and effort's going to go into it to make it look like the car on the right, the renewal. These two pictures uh, show an outer renewal, but what we're going to see today is an inner renewal. There is, um, here in our text of scripture, it says we do not lose heart. We have seen in 2 Corinthians 4, in verse 1 and 16, that we don't lose heart, we don't get discouraged even though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Verse 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. While we minister to people, and as Paul, what we've seen in the book of Acts, what Paul has endured to share the gospel up to this point in his ministry has taken a toll on his physical body. He is not as strong and fast and has as much stamina as he did several years ago before the stoning before the beatings, before the lack of food, before the hiking up and down mountains, and um, at the end of his time, the, the shipwreck, shipwrecks and the, um, the other uh, torture that he has endured. As Christians, and we, when we minister, if we focus just on these bodies, you'll be discouraged a lot. Because these bodies aren't made to last forever. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, he says, back in verse 7. So that the power belongs to, so we can't say, yes, I'm getting stronger the older I get. You know what, there are no 80-year-olds in the Olympics running the 100-yard dash. Why? There's actually not even any (laughs) 40-year-olds. Why? Because the outer man doesn't, isn't the fastest at age 40 or 60 or 80. We start slowing down. The best food, the best nutrition, the best everything that you could possibly pamper this body with 
is not going to change the fact that this body is wearing down. And when you and I share the gospel and are faithful in ministering to people, these bodies could wear out faster. And Paul's going to, uh, as an example of that. But Paul doesn't care that his body is wearing out faster because of the ministry, because of what he's saying here. He says here, My out, although our outer self, that's everybody, our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. If you have a friend or an acquaintance that does not look their age, we often ask them, tell me your secret. What's the secret to the fountain of youth? And they may give you some, something they're eating or some exercise or whatever that they're doing, supplements or whatever. And you may try it and it may help you a little bit, but your outer self is still going to waste away. It's the inner man that we have to be concerned about. Because if we're not focused on the inner man, we'll be discouraged constantly. And the world is, con we know the world is focused on the outer man. We know that celebrities are all about appearance and image. And not so for Christians. But there are Christians who so focus on the outer physical body. And they're discouraged by life. The older they get, the more discouraged they get because they're trying desperately to stay young, looking young, acting young, sounding young. And it's discouraging. So I, all I did to, for this slide here is to take the opposite of what we see. So I'll show you the opposite on the left side and what the text, I, I believe, says on the right side of our screen. So if your main focus is your physical body in this life, you're going to be discouraged. You look at people who have it all, um, thinking of someone like Michael Phelps. That guy was at the top of the swimming world. And in 2008, the Beijing Olympics, winning eight gold medals in eight events, never done before, probably won't be done again. And we admire him for his effort. But you know what? At age whatever it was, 30, He's retiring. His public life, now he's made millions and he's worth millions, and we don't feel bad for him, uh, but his life in, in the spotlight is going to diminish. But he's not still winning gold medals at age whatever, 38 or 40, however old he is. If your main focus is just this physical body, even Tom Brady said, I don't have five more years left. I realize that, and he's 45. All right, he is a great quarterback. He might be the GOAT. But the focus on the physical body is only good for so long. And it's really discouraging when you're trying hard to maintain physical activity, your physical stamina, your job, maybe a physical job, and it's discouraging if your body is telling you no when your spirit inside says, yes, keep going, and you just can't. It's also discouraging in verse 17, opposite of verse 17. If your focus is on your physical body and the physical body is not looking forward to an eternal weight of glory, 
in heaven, then how do we look at affliction? It's not light and momentary. It's heavy and it's crushing. You meditate and you think about, man, this body's wearing out. And every little thing, that every doctor's appointment that you go to that gives you worse news, you're like, oh. And you just leave discouraged. And you wake up discouraged. And you live your whole day discouraged. And you go to bed discouraged. I'm going to ask you, where is your focus? If your focus is on the physical body, yes, you'll be discouraged. And then verse 18 tells us that we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. Why? Because the things that are seen are transient. The things that are unseen are transient is passing. That's light. But the things that are invaluable, the things that are unseen are eternal. And if you're focused on the physical body, when you have trouble with the physical body, it's crushing to you. And your focus stays on what we can see and feel and I've got to try something else and do something else and enjoy something else and go somewhere else. And you're always looking for the next adrenaline rush to help you feel young again. And it's discouraging. So Paul says here as we minister, as he ministers and gives us the secret of not getting discouraged in ministry is this. Though our outer self is wasting away. This is biology. This is nature. This is the effects of the fall. Our inner self is being renewed. It's being renewed. How often is it being renewed? Day by day. So the main focus of the Christian, if you want to stay encouraged, is keep your eyes off of the physical body and the, as the main focus. Keep your main focus on growing in your spiritual walk with God. You can't control the physical body wasting away. It's inevitable. But what you can do and where our focus needs to be is that our, we need to grow, be growing in our spiritual walk with God. Instead of trouble with the physical body crushing us, we look now as we're growing and we're being renewed day by day, we start looking at trouble with the physical body is light and beneficial. Beneficial? Beneficial sickness? Beneficial cancer? Beneficial disease? Beneficial death? And the Christian says, yes. And the world scratches their head and says, I don't know what planet you're on. And we can tell them with a twinkle in our eye, though the outer man is perishing, the inner man can be renewed day by day. So trouble with the physical body is seen as light and as beneficial. And we'll look at that in verse 17 in a, in a few minutes here. And then verse 18. Focus keeps growing clearer because we keep looking at things that are eternal. And when we think that we have a home in heaven, this home on earth is not worth all of the fuss and all the focus and all the attention that we're giving it. 
Whenever we know that we have a physical body here, but we have a spiritual body waiting for us, like Christ had when we're resurrected, why are we putting so much attention on what is wasting away and neglecting what is eternal? See, here Paul is, is telling us that we do not have to focus on things that we can see and feel and eat and enjoy, and vacations, and cars, and houses, and possessions, and anything you can buy on Amazon, or eBay, or Walmart. We don't have to focus on those things. All those things pass away. But what we cannot see, the things that are unseen, are eternal. So where are you at? Now we often go from one side of this chart to the other, but what Paul, I think, would, would show us by example, follow me as I follow Christ, he says in 1 Corinthians 11, that he is primarily on the right side. How do we stay on the right side? Well, this isn't the last chapter of 2 Corinthians. Uh, this is just chapter 4. Verse, uh, chapter 5 is going to give us more um, in this. But for now, these three verses are going to teach us how our body is going to be renewed. We live in these bodies, for sure. But these bodies should be and can be growing. Our body is being renewed daily. You see that in verse 16. We are being renewed day by day. Your grass, probably like mine, and like the grass here, is turning brown. We did not wake up one day from green grass and the next day brown. It was gradual over weeks of very little rain and very high temperatures. So it is with, with us growing. We don't grow weak and sickly in an instant. It's over time. And so it is with us growing um, positively toward Christ-likeness. The moment of our salvation we start growing. And let's look at a review. What I'm going to do for us is just review chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4 and give you one word, one phrase. And if we're going to minister and we're going to give to people and serve people as Paul is encouraging and showing the Corinthians how to do, he is going to give us insight into how he is looking, how he is thinking, and how he is interacting primarily with God. So how is he, what has he sh shown us and shown the Corinthians up to this point in the book about how, how has he been renewed day by day? So you're going to ask someone, how'd you do it? How are you being renewed day by day? And it's not about us, okay? Paul is seeing something that the ordinary person isn't able to see. How do you see eternal things when everybody's focused on things that they can just see? It's God. It's God's work. It's God opening our eyes. Okay, so G Paul is a receiver of something, and he's a giver of something. This is, this is ministry. I receive truth from God, from God's word, and I show up on Sunday, and I give it to you. And many of you I talk with throughout the week, and we talk about uh, life, and we talk about the things of the Lord, and we try to encourage each other because life is hard. And our homes right now are very warm inside. And so we are trying to stay cool 
and we're trying to stay encouraged. But you read the news, you listen to the news, and you're, it's really discouraging. There's very, very little. I'll give you one encouraging uh, uh, story from the news, and you may have heard it, but most of the news is pretty discouraging because people are looking at this, just this life, just what they can see and feel and, and buy, and their bodies, just what they can do to make it comfortable. 2 Corinthians 1 is about God's grace. Look with me down to verse 12, 2 Corinthians 1, 12. And there are other words in this, um, in 2 Corinthians 1, obviously. But if I read it and had to summarize it in one phrase, Paul is receiving and ministering his God's grace. Look at verse 12. But our bo- for our boast is this, that the testimony of our conscience, that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so toward you. He is not getting earthly wisdom and giving earthly wisdom. He is receiving grace from God. That's heavenly wisdom, God, truth from God's word. And he's giving it to the Corinthians. And he's encouraging in 1 Corinthians to respond to God's grace and humility. And then they will have unity. And here he starts the second uh, book of Corinthians by saying, I am a recipient and a giver of God's grace. This is God's power. It's out here on our sign. We don't notice signs when you drive by it every week. But if you looked at our sign, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. We are saved by grace. We walk in grace. We enjoy God's grace. God's grace is a powerful gift. If I could summarize grace, it's a powerful gift. And God gives us grace. He gives us grace to be sustaining. This is how we are renewed day by day, by receiving God's grace and giving God's grace. Receiving God's grace, giving. Where do we receive God's grace from? The Word. I hope you came today to church expecting to receive God's grace. And as you're a recipient of God's grace, you're giving it. You realize that this life is, is short. That there's a lot of discouraging things in here. But you know what? We see God's grace most clearly at the cross. Did we sing about the cross? Did we remember the cross? Yeah, that's where we got God's grace. That's where we point other people to get God's grace. This is how we receive God's grace and we give it. And this is how we are being renewed day by day. We receive food to grow and then we go out and burn that food off with energy. We receive God's grace and then we give God's grace. Chapter 2. Ministering, receiving and ministering our Savior's Love. Paul says in verse uh, 4, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Paul says, I have love for you. And then he tells us in verses 14 and following, thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance and the knowledge of Christ, him everywhere. For we, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved among those who are perishing. To one, we smell like death. To the other, we smell like life. We're ministering Christ's love. And if 
Christ loves the world. God loves the world and sends Christ. And the world says, I don't want that. I want to go my own way. And it leads to death. What they are rejecting at the heart of the gospel is the love of Christ. And we'll see how the love of Christ in chapter 5 controls us as believers. But Paul has a heart of love for these Corinthians, telling them what to do with this man who was uh, kicked out of the church and to, to forgive him, to bring him back in. Forgiveness is rooted in love. Um, verse 8, you see, so I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. So you did show love for God and holiness, but this man is repentant from his sin, so restore him in love. Forgiveness, love, and the aroma of Christ summarized here, receiving and ministering our Savior's love. This is how we're renewed. We're renewed day by day, but seeing Christ's love and giving Christ's love. Receiving Christ's love, sharing Christ's love. This is how we're renewed. This isn't rocket science. It is, this is how our bodies are made to function spiritually. This is how our inner man is renewed day by day. Third, chapter 3, is the, the Spirit's glory. Verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So God's Spirit shows us, gives us access to the glory of God that's better than what Moses saw, that faded. This is eternal. This grows in intensity. It doesn't fade. It actually gets brighter. And where do we see the brightness of the glory of our Savior and our God and the Holy Spirit? It is in, through Christ. We see his face. That's chapter 4 here, and we saw that in... Um, the face of Christ in verse 6. Receiving and ministering the knowledge of God with these bodies. These bodies were made to see and enjoy God. Can you see and, and enjoy Him? Do you know Him better? See, you can know the news, you can know stats from sports. You can know your blood pressure. You can know your sleep number. But if you don't know God, you're not being renewed day by day. The outer man that we know so much about and so much about this world, all these little worthless facts, and we don't know what the Bible says about Jesus, as we heard in Sunday school, Jesus being our high priest is not going to help you. When you do know Jesus, and you see his face, and you wake up expecting to see him, you open your Bible and you're looking for him. Let me show you Psalm 119, verse 1. You can uh, look at it with me, or you can just listen. Psalm 119, verses 1 through, I'll just read the first couple of verses that talk about seeking God. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. 
who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. Verse 7, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. And then verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart I seek you. Oh, let me not wonder from your commandments. Could you write this? Could I write this? Would people around us say, here is my dad, my brother, my son. He seeks me, he seeks God with his whole heart. That might be true of me very rarely. I want it to be true all the time. So we can't know God without seeking him. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We can't obey God without seeking him. And the, the psalmist of Psalm 119 sounds like a young man in the first part of the psalm, sounds like an older man at the end of the psalm, the lengthiest psalm. But everything is about God's word. And his intent is to seek God through his word. And whatever he says, what you just heard from those 10 verses of Psalm 119 is, whatever God says I'm going to do, I'm going to keep his statutes. I'm going to obey his laws. I'm going to know him. I'm going to seek him. Whatever he says, I will do. And this is how this physical body can be renewed. We're receiving and ministering God's grace. We're receiving and ministering our Savior's love. We're receiving and ministering the Spirit's glory. We're receiving and ministering knowledge of God with these bodies. God made these bodies different than the bodies of everything else in creation. Animals do not know God. Trees do not know God. Water does not know God. Rocks do not know God. But people with our bodies can know him. And we need to know him. And how do we learn to, to know him? Day by day. Day by day, we just open our Bible and we read. And we think about what we read. Ask God, God, show me yourself. I don't know how to see you today. I'm really tired. Many of you look tired. I'm very tired right now. I'm glad I'm up here so I can stay awake. We're really tired. We're really hot. We're uncomfortable. These bodies get weak and hungry and dehydrated. But these bodies can know God. And the gospel opens the door for us to know Christ, to know the glory of God, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. And we have to see his face. You can see it. Look at the gospels. You can see his face. You can see him talking to a woman at the well. You can see him talking to a woman 
who is caught in adultery. You can see him talking to the woman who is hunched over, maybe, with a certain disease that she can't even stand up. Another lady, uh, a widow, who is grieving the loss of her son at his son, her son's funeral. You can see him at the grave of Lazarus. You can see him standing before Pilate, Herod. You can see him between two thieves on a cross and the compassion on his face for those who put him there. You can see him looking over to the thief and say, today you'll be with me in paradise. We don't have a few words about Jesus. We have books about Jesus. You can see his face. If you look, if you prioritize looking. See, and if, our, if we're just living in this world for the things of this world to accumulate what this world has to offer, we're going to miss we're going to miss Jesus. And when we're here at church, we're going to, oh, man, why do we have to do this? This is a waste of time. And there are young people that by the age of 12, 13, are saying, I, when, I, when I get a chance, I am not coming to church when I have a chance. And that's their choice. But as parents, we can show and minister God's grace to them, show the Savior's love to them, show the Spirit's glory to them, and show them the knowledge of God and how it's changing us from the inside out. And if they still walk away from God, that's on them. And we'll do our best at church. We're not perfect to magnify our Savior. But that's our goal every time we gather here, to see His glory and to be changed by it and to be encouraged. So back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, so we don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed. Is being renewed is passive, which means someone else is renewing us. We're not doing this for ourselves. This is someone doing it for us. How are we being renewed? Well, let's go back to 318. You need to memorize 318. If you don't have it memorized, put that on your to-do list this week. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. It sounds a lot like our being renewed. We're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This sounds gradual, just like day by day. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. When you and I turn from our sin and trust Christ alone as our Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And you know his job, one of his primary jobs is, is to renew us day by day to transform us from the inside out as we see the glory of God. And as you open your Bible and I open my Bible, the Holy Spirit's saying, look for Jesus. Look for the glory of God. You'll see it. And when you see the glory, submit to the glory. Speak of his glory. Share his glory. And that's how we're renewed day by day. This is a... It's a, oh, it's called juxtas, juxtaposition, things that are right next to each other, but they're going simultaneously in opposite directions. One is going up and one is going down. What happens when someone is a believer or not a believer? Let's say just believers here. Their outer self is wasting away and their inner self is not being renewed day by day. You know what happens? Grumpy old men. That's the result. 
people are old age and they're grumpy and they're highly opinionated and they don't care what people think and they're abrasive and they're tactless and even their family doesn't care to be around them. That's what happens when you're not renewed day by day. But you and I all know people like that, but we also know people who this is true of them. Their outer self is wasting away. Whenever you have heavy furniture to lift, you're not going to call them. But if you want someone to pray for you, you call them. Because they know God. And they'll encourage you. I've been encouraged this week. Uh, talking to God's people, and I hope you have too. Watching people whose outer self is wasting away, but their inner self is being renewed. Those are the type of people you want to be around. That's the type of people you want to, type of person you want to be. So this is gradual. The, our body being renewed is daily. It's gradual. Just like 318 said it would be. So verse 17 says this, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond or beyond all comparison. He does a comparison here, but this say it's not even a close comparison. Light momentary affliction. If you have a large box and it's full of popcorn, that box, no matter how big it is, is light. The same size box filled with books, uh, not light, heavy. So it is with how we look at affliction. Physical affliction of our bodies, if if the Roman Empire and the different people, the Jewish people who hated Paul, followed him around at times, if they tried to get Paul discouraged and to quit his missionary journeys, and their tactic was physical abuse and suffering, it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Paul tells us here why it didn't work. Because he looked at affliction as light and momentary. Temporary. This is how all the martyrs looked at persecution and even death. Light, momentary. You're like, man. How did they, how did they go to the stake? How did they stay faithful to God in the face of flames or lions or whatever else way they died? You know how they did it? They had God's grace. God gives special grace to his people when you need it, for what occasion you need it. We have to trust him. We have to look at him. And he gives it to us. He's with us. Jesus promised to be with us, even to the ends of the earth. And it is obvious that he was with all the martyrs and everyone who wants to renew their inner self day by day. So how does Paul look? Our body is being renewed by realizing God is using affliction to prepare us for eternal glory. The next Paul, book Paul writes is Romans, and Romans 8, uh, 18 talks about this very same thing. 
Suffering is just a moment, and it's preparing for us. What's it preparing for us? An eternal weight of glory. The opposite of light is the weight. The opposite of momentary, eternal. Glory is also honor, and is also uh, a weight as well. How is this happening? Paul knows it's happening. He lives 60, 70 years here on earth, and his life is full of suffering, physical suffering, pain. But he's sharing the gospel, seeing people saved, seeing churches be strengthened, and continue on and established. And he doesn't mind the physical suffering. He doesn't mind the shipwrecks. He doesn't mind the beatings. He doesn't mind the threats. He's going to keep going. Because he knows this affliction is preparing me for an eternal weight of glory. When our Savior says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, how valuable is that to you? See, if that is light and momentary to you, that is nearly worthless to you, you won't endure physical affliction here because your focus is on the physical body. But see, if our focus is on eternity and what our Savior wants is what our Savior gets with these physical bodies. And then the reward that happens, not that people come up to us and say, what are you doing? Tell me your secret. I want, where's the fountain of youth? No, they look at you, though your outer man is perishing, you are not discouraged and cursing God. You are not putting all the pressure on your doctors to find a solution and give me health. No, you are showing them, despite affliction, there's still joy. There's still peace. And even if you're on death's door, death isn't go- is just merely temporary. And it's light. This all requires faith. God knows what he's talking about. Paul knows what he's talking about. Our body is being renewed by realizing God is using affliction to prepare us for eternal glory. Did he use it for Job? Oh, he did. What did Job see at the end of his his, uh, story in his book? He saw God's glory better. We see God's glory better as we suffer well with these bodies. Verse 18, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, and the things that are unseen are eternal. If you can put it in the bank, if you can drive it, if you can live in it, it is seen, and it is transient, fading away. It's temporary. Those are the things that we say are light. Even if the world puts a high price tag on them, they're just light. But what things are unseen? You know, we can't see. We can see people's physical bodies, but we can't see their soul. Are people's souls eternal? Yes. Is heaven eternal? Have you seen heaven? No. 
But we're living for it. We should be. Why? Because we're living for things that are unseen. And the world says, live for things that are seen. And we say, oh, no. Now, that leads to frustration, and this body wastes away. reminds us that this life is temporary. No, we're going to trust in our Savior and live for him and work for things that are eternal. Eternal, unseen things. Eternal things could be heaven, most of all, Jesus. People, heaven, God's word, Jesus, that's where we need to spend our time. That's what we meditate on day and night. How am I going to reach my neighbor? How can I talk to them? What can I share with them the next time I talk to them? Think and pray about those things. Because your neighbor's soul is eternal. Use the temporary things that you have in your hand, in your garage, in your, um, your uh, abilities, your giftedness. Use all the things that you have to lay up treasure in heaven. This is how we use this body. This is how we think and stay encouraged. And you know what? If you are renewed day by day, the physical suffering that you and I will face is just light and momentary. Even if it's an extended illness, even if it's extended persecution or death threats that keep coming, it is really just temporary. Even if it's 10 years. 10 years compared to eternity. Oh, yeah, right, okay. Perspective. All it does is puts us in perspective. We're all on this earth made in the image of God. And the world, although very confused about certain things, highly respect people that will willingly put their life in danger, such as the case with Nick Bostick. Nick made the news on 7-11 this year, less than two weeks ago, when he rushed into a burning house. He was driving uh, at night. The parents of these uh, children were out on a date and were, uh, didn't realize that their house was on fire. The kids are in there. And Nick is a 25-year-old pizza delivery guy by day or night. He's off duty, and he is rushing into this house twice. And the second time, he had to jump out of a second-story window with a six-year-old. He has injuries. He's in the hospital for two days. There's a body camera video of him that you can see. He's a hero. Why is he a hero? And you can see on the, on the camera that his arm is bleeding as he's sitting on the curb. It's like, I need, I need to breathe. I need air. And he has a GoFundMe page. The goal for his medical bills was $100,000. And as of this morning, there's $555,000. Why does the world, why do people in the world admire someone who will lay down or willing to risk their life for someone they don't even know? It's because everyone's made in the image of God. And how much more so for us believers who know God, know God's plan, can see Jesus because the veil is removed. How much more is expected of us to not lay up treasure on earth and value these earthly bodies that are, that are wasting away. Instead, use these bodies and renew them from the inside as the Holy Spirit shows us the glory of our Savior and the grace of our God 
and wants us to see it every single day. Questions for us to consider. Will you prioritize spending more, I would say, better time? I've read God's word this week, and when I got done, I couldn't tell you what I read. It's probably somewhere in Isaiah. I can tell you the chapter. What was the content of what I read? Uh, you know what happened to me right after that? Conviction. Like, ah, uh, it's a waste of time. I was thinking about something else while my Bible was open. Spend more or better time, quality time, looking, beholding the glory of God in the Word. You'll see Him. You'll see Him in Lamentations, as we were seeing on Wednesday. You'll see Him in every book. He's there. As you look into the Word, will you look primarily New Testament for Jesus? He's there. Every story. He's there. And when you and I see Him, we'll be changed. We'll be renewed. And as you're looking at Jesus, will you thank him for his grace to grow your faith? Thanksgiving was mentioned in verse 15. That more more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. The more we see our God, the more we're changed by that, and the more thankful we are. I want you to consider thanking God publicly Wednesday night. When you and I come together Wednesday night, we'll have a chance to thank God. What can you thank him for? It can be one sentence. I encourage all of you to say one sentence. On Write it down. You can read it. I'll read it for you. I want you to think about thanking God. We all have something to be thankful for. And uh, for here, it is physical suffering and focuses on eternity. Let's thank the Lord now as we close. Our Father, what an encouraging passage of Scripture we have that Paul uh, writes for us through the Spirit and how encouraged uh, we are to see our Savior in His glory. We realize these jars of clay can see the glory of God and be changed by it. Those are minds. We also are humbled that you would extend your grace and love and glory to us and remove the veil so we can see you. I pray for those here today who still haven't, uh, you haven't removed the veil for them, that they would humble themselves and ask you to do that. And I pray that you would help us to share your glory with those around us this week. Give us opportunities. And I pray that we'd be changed, we'd be renewed day by day by your spirit for your glory, and by your glory. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray.